0: Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School podcast from Seven Sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina Justison, and I'm here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe, and we are looking forward to talking about all things Homeschool High School with you. Today, we are going to be digging into a concept that you may not ever have even considered, which is passing the baton in your homeschool high school. And this applies whether you like to run or whether you only run when something scary is chasing you. (laughs) Like a spider. (laughs) Ew, (laughs) come (laughs) away. We're going to talk about helping our teens take ownership of their learning, especially in the later years of high school as upperclassmen, and why that's important, and things to consider in how to make it happen, and
1: stuff like that. Right. So more than just them becoming independent learners, which they need to do, but also to just take charge of their lives to to start the adulting process. Ooh, adulting, you know?
2: I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny that adulting was not a verb until just a couple of years ago, and now I use it all the time. <laughs> it fits so well for so many things. It really does. It does it really does it does i'm still
1: working on adulting in a lot of areas
2: oh yeah
1: amen me too Mm -hmm. i hear
0: that yeah i hear that so some of our kids very naturally begin adulting and they're you know 13 14 and we're seeing glimmers of adulting happening um because maybe they're kind of type a you know like not necessarily in a bad way, but in a way that they should be aware that perhaps they're a little too hard on themselves, sometimes a little too um, too driven than is best for their health mentally and physically. But some of those kids show those signs of adulting really young, and other kids fall someplace else on that timeline, and are perhaps quite a bit older before they show signs of wanting to take ownership.
1: And some of them are 35 years old and still gaming in their parents' basements. So
0: and we're really not huge advocates of that particular <laughs> <laughs> approach to adulthood.
2: There is certainly yeah. no one right, right way to adult, but as we've learned recently, there are some wrong ways to, to do adults. some things.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in an effort to avoid the 35-year-old gaming in your parents' basement approach to adulting, we're going to try to offer some some ideas for other types. So the first thing we're talking about here, I guess, is personality differences. Because each of our kids is a unique individual. And some are more unique than others.
2: Yes, <laughs> ma'am. Indeed. And God made them that way. So yeah. even yes. when we kind of are scratching our heads and going, huh? We, we still need to remember that. Yep.
0: Yeah, the famous zazu line from The Lion King. There's one in every family, sire. Two in mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all unique. All unique. So what kind of what kind of baton passing did you guys encounter with some of your
1: unique people in your homeschool? And I was thinking about my youngest who is a very laid-back person. Mm-hmm. So not type A is in driven, 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 like his mom might to be accused of being, <laughs> um, but, but very willing to do whatever he needed to do. So just a very easygoing, pleasant guy. So in order to help him into the adulting process, I did a lot of just hand over to him. Here's the, you know, here's the goals that we have discussed ahead mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. and what you need to do by the end of the semester. And he would plot his own, you know, doing scheduling backwards, which he learned from, Ooh. you know, Ooh. <laughs> Mrs.
2: Justison. From Sabrina? Uh, so, which
1: you can get a copy for free at homeschool.com You can um, indeed. There you go. But he, so he would set his own schedules and his own personal goals for getting there because he was just naturally happy to do whatever needed to happen Mm -hmm. and you know very good at being responsible but just definitely not the type a driven kid that you have to get them to reel back oh yeah
2: yeah yeah how about you kim and i've had um i've got four kids and surprisingly enough they're all different um even though two of them the twins even though two of them are identical twins yes yeah so i had one child who was um Definitely her, the passing the baton was affected by some chronic illness stuff. Um, And so that made it very complicated. Um, But she is not too far from the type A that Sabrina uh, described. So when she was able, she was very, very willing and get out of my way. (laughs) Let me me handle it. You know, a firstborn, all those sort of things. Um, But the chronic illness really
1: affected how oh. she was able to do things and That wasn't a personality thing as much yeah. as just a need and that's real life. Yeah, you know Some kids have to work around the difficulties that life has given them.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely And it was definitely a character builder, you know, it's yeah. one of those things mm-hmm. uh, um, Yeah, that could be a whole nother podcast I was going to say character builder for mom as well.
0: Because when we have a kid who has obstacles to overcome, whether it's chronic chronic illness or something completely different, but some circumstantial thing that makes the environment that much more challenging, then mom gets to constantly pray and say, so oh, mom, yeah. what what part am I supposed to be doing right now? And what yeah. part am I supposed to be handing off? And where
2: is that balance? Because it's not cut and dry this is true so if you know us now you know why we are such characters because we have had to do a lot of building oh, of character God in this why. process
1: <laughs> and maybe why our kids are such characters because they've had us prepared that's right because they've had to deal with
2: us you know i have a very wise friend who once said our kids are so good at pushing all of, all of our buttons because they're the ones who've installed most of them <laughs> oh yes
0: that's brilliant <laughs>
2: Um, But at Uh, the same time, I've also had a couple, uh, you know, other kids, uh, three other kids, um, one of whom really was not very interested in any baton even existing, let alone having it handed to them. And um, others who kind of maybe were um, once they kind of had a vision they were very happy to start taking the baton but maybe were more willing and more interested in having some coaching and some help along the way
1: yeah so a lot of kids will do anything if they have the vision to get there mm-hmm. which is kind of scriptural habakkuk 2:2 oh, yeah. so, you know the the write the vision make it clear so he who reads
2: it can run with it do i have the right that uh, so, sounds good sounds to me. Good. If not, Looking please let Bible us know. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and and honestly, even the one who was very kind of slow to get started once the vision was there, that so that is that is a huge key on passing yeah. the baton is is the vision. And I have to put in a plug because a lot of my kids clarifying their vision has come from the the very awesome person that I'm sitting right next to here, uh, Vicki T, the uh, career coach. And yes, uh, and as well as Sabrina, uh, both of them have just spoken. Yeah, but primarily
0: well, Vicky because she's she's got this vision thing, and she helps people capture and and articulate and really get a handle on it. And I saw that in my kids' lives too. That when they would when they would have a session with with Mrs. T it was, it was like things would drop into place and their puzzle pieces would start to fit a little more tightly together. And it was so empowering. So if you've got a kid who wants to hang out with Mrs. T, guess what? They can do that. And you can go to Vicki Tillman coaching.com shameless plug, because I
1: am a believer. <laughs> so Gee, thanks guys. So, and then there's kids who really just don't give a flip mm-hmm. and you know, some kids just don't really care. And they they, yeah. And it, it's not that they're bad kids, it's mm-hmm. just they are interested in doing other things. And so part of the passing the baton to them, of course, is helping them to learn about doing things they don't give a flip about. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of like me doing taxes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, okay, this. I had a kid who was an even different personality type. This I had Go a kid who it. thought that he was carrying the baton.
2: Oh yes,
0: and kept um. mean seriously like not being yeah. not being deceitful and saying oh yeah. yeah yeah I did it when he didn't do it, but like seriously thinking he was on top of stuff all the time and it had this this vision no problem. But getting from the vid- vision to the strategy, uh, that whole piece was missing. So it was like he was running and and he his hand was in the position to carry a baton and he thought it was in there. <laughs> there was nothing in his hand. <laughs> And that there, there are some kids that really, they love the idea of, mm. I want to become independent. I want to take ownership. I want to be, yes, I see the finish line. I see where I'm trying to go. I've, I've got
1: this. And the details are, are a big problem oh, yes. for them. So so why on earth, when you have all these different kids, would you want to bother handing a baton of adulthood over to your teens. Why not just control
2: everything all the time? Oh, pick me, pick (laughs) me. (laughs) I call on Tim Smythe. (laughs) Because it gets really tiring if you have to adult for yourself and your children for the rest of your life. (laughs) And that's not what God, that's not God's vision. God's vision is for us to have the privilege of borrowing these kids or walking alongside these kids. But we have to remind ourselves they're really his kids. And that that the whole goal is to wow, is to it's um, mm. <laughs> just to kind of see them take on God's vision for each of them. We always talk about God has this wonderful, unique vision for each of us, each one of us—the moms, the kids, the dads—and um, it's to see them kind of catch that vision. Um, and I'm always praying for my kids that that and myself that we will see ourselves as God sees us. Because he sees so much that's in us, and he doesn't see the obstacles as insurmountable, and so just kind of catching that vision and, and um, you know, just just watching them grow into who God made them to be. So it's it's a thing that's pleasurable
1: for us yeah. when it's not scary. Yes, to watch our teens learn how to become adults. Yes. And it's our stewardship that God has given us that we're not supposed to parent them their whole lives. Right. Although I've
2: met a few parents who are kind of like that. And, and we do to a certain extent. I mean, we're always going to be their parent. They're always going to be our kids, but we don't want to be in their face all the time. And well, that's,
1: that's true. Any, yeah. any of us with adult kids ever um, still pray with our kids and sit and, with our kids in tough times and, and yeah. pray for our kids and not know how to do this yeah. new phase of yeah. life thing? Yeah. So you never outgrow parenting. Yeah.
0: Good insights, and let's just let's just be real honest here, because that's that's part of what we do. We hope that that listeners to the homeschool high school podcast are getting good practical tips and encouragement and and advice. Um, we also hope that you get to learn from some of our struggles and our mistakes, even because um, we we don't want to be painting some picture that oh, it is just so rewarding and enriching to watch our children step into adulthood because they catch this vision from God and they run with it. The reality is that all of that is true and all of this is true too. Our kids have to have their own struggles and they will. And some of the struggles that they face stepping into adulthood will not even be things that I myself have had experience with. And so I am not fit to run that leg of the race for them it has to be theirs they they have their own relationship with god or they don't have a relationship with god they can't have mine it, it doesn't work that way and i can share from my relationship with god like vicky was saying i still sit and pray with kids and and walk them through tough times now that they're grown-ups but they're not able to to live through my relationship with god they have to have their own and that means that we have to sometimes have our hearts broken because we watch them struggle with something or even fail at something because that is a part of their relationship with God that is growing and that is maturing and that is um, bringing them closer into conformity to the likeness of Christ, which is the point. So it's not always fun. And part of passing the baton is recognizing how important it is, whether it's fun or not. Yes, no? <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. And, and sometimes it it's e- e- embarrassing. It so, was, like, you're really being
2: really? so profound. <laughs> okay. wow, I, wow. I was actually thinking of a, a beautiful quote that I took away from Angie Smith a few years ago when she spoke at 2 to 1. And she said, "Our God is not. our job is not to be God to our children. It's to need God in front of our children. That's awesome. I'd forgotten that one. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that was very powerful to me. And, and Sabrina, some of what you were saying just really yeah. reminded me of that. All right, mm-hmm. so so we're
1: so just in the get real department. So, yeah. yep. so sometimes uh, our kids, as we pass the baton onto them, um, it's a character thing, or you know they're they're growing and you know learning by mistakes or learning just because they're smart. Um, So we had when my oldest son, this was back in the old days, you know, we had truant officer drills. Mm, Um, He needed to do calculus and I couldn't do calculus with him. I had calculus in college, but I got through calculus by going to the teacher every week and asking for extra credit. Uh, So (laughs) when he needed calculus for what his major was going to be, I handed him the Saxon Calculus book, which was the only one available at that at time. time, and I said, "You are smart.
2: I'm, I'm going to let you adult your way through this." <laughs> so sometimes passing the baton can be a passing the buck. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so when he he would come to me when he's doing his lessons, and he'd say, "I'm really having a problem with that," and so I used my counselor skills. I go, "Hmm." <laughs> Uh, mm, mm, mm. (laughs) that's really hard and and he would read the problem and then I repeat the problem back to him and go "Mm," (laughs) and then did you say what do you think you should do about it yes (laughs) (laughs) and so he made it through calculus and he made it into college and he became an ambassador for the college so he was one of the students who led other the, mm-hmm. the the visitors you know the high school seniors on tour around the campus so one day he was giving a discussion in the computer science department where he was at that time about what his experience was in high school And he didn't know I was coming to visit that day, but I had brought a carload of local homeschoolers up to tour the school. There's an open house day. So we came into the back of this huge room. He's talking to all these kids. And he says, Look, if, if I could survive what my mother did to me in calculus, <laughs> anybody can survive high school and do well in college. So I thought, well, I resemble that remark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wonderful That's that wonderful. okay so let's try to put this all in some kind of a framework so that you can kind of have little touch points to go back to here are we gonna we've... alliterate yes we're gonna alliterate oh all right.
2: yeah Marilyn are you listening <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't so heard we've... us before our sister Marilyn just loves and we are being sarcastic uh, alliteration
0: hmm and unfortunately Vicki Kim and I alliterate all the time without even meaning to. So. <laughs> we think it's fun. <laughs> we think we it's, it's powerful. Do. Yes, we do. we do. So we're talking about passing the baton, and we've talked about the personalities of our kids having a lot to do with the way that's gonna happen. And um, so now we're gonna talk a little bit about parent-child relationships and peer relationships, because those are two more letter P things that affect the passing of the baton. Ooh. So yeah, our kids all have these different personalities, and, and we'll we'll sort of run down a list um, in a, in a little while here. But we've talked about a lot of them. But they also have a relationship with us, and the relationship is going to be unique. Um, some of us are very very comfortable with a particular kid, and that kid is very comfortable with us. And I'm not talking about being friends instead of being parent child, but just it's it's an easy it's an easy mix. And others are butting heads constantly and others are hot and cold, and there are periods of time where it's one way, and then it's something very different, and it's unpredictable. Some are very businesslike. There's a lot of varieties. Um, so let, let's talk about some of those relationships, parent-child relationships, and how that affects the way you pass the baton. And
1: yeah, so if, if uh, you, know, you were a dominant mother and had a compliant teen, it would be very easy to stay in that role all the time because it's it is easy you know Mm. just tell them what to do and they're going to do it so that kind of parent child mix takes a lot for the parent to get back out of the way and to hand that baton over to the teen to make decisions because usually the compliant kids just want to please
0: so what if you have a kid who is more than just compliant but they're genuinely, they struggle a lot with security and confidence, and they really don't trust themselves. Um, I, I, In my opinion, those kind of kids need that baton passed more than just about anybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. Because if
0: they don't have their parent actively saying, nope, you've got this, you really can do this, because God designed you to do this. And it may feel uncomfortable, it may feel unpleasant, but you can do this, you were made for this. You know, if they don't get some of that at that at that bridge between childhood and adulthood, they may really struggle as an adult to find that confident place and, and to believe that they can march forward without someone telling them exactly what to do all the time.
1: Right, and that's the, you know, it's not bad to be a follower. You know, we're all leaders and followers at different times. But those kids who are very insecure do need to be kind of nudged into the take the baton mm-hmm. um, behavior. So they learn best, those kids, in what we call successive approximation. Mm-hmm. So you you let them learn how to run with that baton in little steps. Mm-hmm. So maybe rather than like, you know, my youngest, I could hand him the, you know, all right, you know what your goals are you run with it, set up your schedule. Um, Those kids, you may want to sit down with them and plot together. You know, this is what it feels like to make your goal in mind at the Mm -hmm. end of the year and have a schedule backwards. And then check in with them daily Mm -hmm. and say, how are things going? And then let them know when they did well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, What about a kid
0: who is... uh, uh head butter we'll call them <laughs> not a bad kid but a kid who has strong opinions and is quick to voice them and has very definite ideas about the way things should be and that is often um a source of uh what's the word i'm looking for a nice way to say this character development that's yeah, it
2: sure So, so just a personal (laughs) observation, like, you know, barren, barren my soul here. Um, and I think this is true for a lot of people is often the, the child that we butt heads with the most is the one that is most like us Uh, maybe. Yeah. Counselor I'm looking looking for some affirmation here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found that, that my daughter that was most like me, we, we were the ones who often butted heads the most. And I think it's because some of it is because we had the same strengths and the same weaknesses. Some of it, I think, is we both had a very, very hefty dose of stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, so it, a lot of
1: times, yeah, is, is an adolescent that's a headbutter is a good trigger for us to go do our own personal growth.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know,
1: what, how do we manage the stress of headbutting kids, mm-hmm. and uh, you know how do you do human dynamics, and mm-hmm. how do you do self-monitoring and de-escalating your own stress and garbage, mm-hmm. so that that those years are more learning how to communicate as an art mm-hmm. and less as an argument. Mm. Beautiful, very good. woo <laughs> But you know, a lot of times, just practically, kids who are are really headstrong need more adults in their lives
2: Ah. they they
1: just need more and so they need more with their youth pastor and Mm. they need more co-op teachers and group class teachers Mm. and academic advisors and coaches and things like that they just need more they're more than one
2: parent or two parents Ah. can contain Ah, yeah and And that that helps that that... that child develop perspective yeah. yeah, because sometimes you, when you hear things from different places and different people, it it takes on more validity, perhaps. If you and a and instructor. the wonderful
1: thing is is very often you know their co op teacher or their coach or you know youth pastor will say the same thing you said, <laughs> and <that's laughs> they hear go, it from the other you, person. You know, <laughs> they'll come home, you know, from like youth group yeah. and say, "Do you know what youth pastor said?" He said, and then repeat something you always say. And it
2: was like, they'd never it heard it before. <laughs>
1: so and may I
2: actually new. say that that has happened to me with both Vicki and Sabrina with my own <laughs> children. And I will later <laughs> whisper in their ear, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah. some of our kids need a, a very abrupt passing of the baton. And sometimes with a headstrong kid, that, that can be a really good tool to just say, okay, mm. well, guess what? Um, we keep butting heads on this. And you and I both know that this is actually your responsibility at this point. You know, you're 17 years old or whatever. You're in this class at co-op. You have a syllabus and you have a teacher. So I'm not going to hold your hand on this one anymore. But that brings us to a scary thing, which is what happens if they don't grab that baton and run very well with it? And what if they stumble Mm -hmm. and trip and fall and perhaps make a little bit of a mess on the track in front of us? Can we give our kids permission
1: to fail? Mm. that is a huge thing like that's probably what, a whole
0: other podcast yeah. yeah
1: like what happens when your child fails does that mean that you are a failure as a parent mm. Hope not. well that's the way I usually take it <laughs> <laughs> but you know that it, it is part of the way God teaches is by allowing us to make our own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And he did it all through the Bible. Oh yeah. You know, even in the the early church, you know, he let them make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, it's profound to me how many mistakes are through the Bible, you know, like yeah. character flaws and and God for those who have a humble heart will teach and for those who don't, he keeps working on it. So sometimes failure is one of the most important learning tools Mm. that a young person can go through and us adults too Mm -hmm. right and we can do some wise, discerning
0: work on uh, choosing the arena for failure. You know, if right. if my kid is taking driver's ed and is really <laughs> not doing well with paying attention on the road and this kind of stuff, that's probably not the arena for me to say, well, you know what, kid, this is just time for you to deal with it. And if you get in a crash, you get in a crash. That that, that the, the stakes are too high.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
0: if there's a chance that they're going to fall behind on some schoolwork and they're um maybe not going to get an a or perhaps not even going to get a b for this quarter doesn't mean the whole year is a failure and i don't want to just stand back so far that they lose that credit that they need for their transcript and lose all that learning that they need for going forward but if they have to bomb a test because they just weren't staying on top of the work i may not actually be doing them a service if i step in and mm-hmm. nag them into preparing for that test
1: Mm -hmm. Or do the work for them. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. So yeah, and so that's that. Really, is if you took the word failure out and just said learning, you know -hmm. that that Uh it really, you know, kids need to make their own mistakes. But like you said, where it's safe, you know, if the if you know, drug dealer moved into the neighborhood, yeah. Making a mistake of hanging out the drug dealer's house is not best practices. Right. Yes. Yeah. But, right. you know, if them saying, hey, I think SAT prep is stupid. I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and then not getting into the college of their choice. Okay. Well, that's not eternal damnation over that. <laughs> and so they mm-hmm. learn how to adjust from that. It's it's okay mm-hmm. for them to have some hard bumps in the road, just like we've been through some hard bumps and learn from those.
2: Yeah, because sometimes the stuff that we learn the most is something that at the time we would might term a failure. Right. And this is a hard thing, I think, for our kids because they don't have as much life experience to sort of put things in perspective and say, oh, yeah, that was really hard, but you know all this good came out of it or look what I learned there that then served me well here down the road so sometimes for us the thing that we can do for them is to share our own you know be a little vulnerable with them when it's appropriate and show them some of our own failures and kind of how God used them and how we've used them and that kind of thing and just encouraging them that it's not the falling down that's the big deal it's it's learning how to get up and keep moving forward right yeah,
1: yeah. One, one of my friends who's a professor at one of the state universities uh, lately has been encouraged in her classes to make sure their first exam is almost impossible to get an A on.
2: Ah. Because
1: the kids need to learn to get back up when they fail. I'm not kidding. Wow. wow! And so you know they they need to learn some of the resilience. So this isn't just strong-willed kids. This mm. is any kid mm. um, because our culture has slipped into the idea that you always need to be a success mm-hmm, right. and you always need to be best and uh, and that's just not real life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is an
0: awful lot. My my yeah. my yeah okay, so in terms of sort of practical and concrete because we want to make sure that we're not getting too um, where we're just overwhelming any anybody who's listening. Yeah so not, not you goal. look at your child's personality and you help them honestly look at their personality. You look at your parent child relationship and you help your child honestly evaluate that. And some of that is going to determine whether you pass the baton gradually. Whether you pass it in a sort of friendly, um, arm around the shoulder way, or whether it's more business like and it's more of a contract. Um, you know, let's be clear that for this quarter, we're going to try this. And for these three classes that you're doing at co op, I'm not going to help you with your homework. I'm not going to nag. I'm not going to oversee that. You are responsible for these pieces. And then we're going to reevaluate in a few weeks. You know, it could be almost a business contract. Um, so let's take this then a next step to one more letter P and look at their peer relationships. Now, Vicki mentioned the drug dealer moving into the neighborhood <laughs> and that we don't just shrug while our kid starts hanging out and gaming in the basement of the drug dealer's house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how, how can we help our kids understand the power of the peer relationships in their life without it just being, you don't like my friends, you don't think that we should ever just have fun, how, how can we help our teens understand that those peer relationships have a big impact on their learning success and the end of high school
1: in particular? One thing we know from scripture is that generally, unless people were prophets and lived out in the wilderness, you know, like John the Baptist, uh, people were meant to be in community, mm-hmm. that God made humans to be interactive beings. And that's, you know, how we share the gospel and how we spur each other on to growth. And so to talk to teens about what healthy relationships look like
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, you know, that we, we ought to just find a book, you know, and tell the kids to read <laughs> it, <laughs> um, you know, that, that good study partners you know, mm. like learning a foreign language together and practicing together or being in a, a drama production where you have mm-hmm. to be in a team or in a band or a choir or a sport where you are part of something larger happening. Um, just just sitting down and studying chemistry together and trying to figure mm. out those yeah. things. Or those calculus. Are, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. My poor <laughs> oldest son. He's the only one doing calculus of those days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, uh, that that. So, the life skills, the soft skills gained mm. from practical learning and experiencing together is what they're going to use the rest of their lives. You know, bosses look for soft skills. It, it helps oh, yeah. in the college classroom. But also, kids who are connected with healthy peers are happier kids oh, because yeah. God made us to be social. Mm-hmm. Just like us moms. Yeah. You know, we're happier if we're connected with our our family but also with a a set of our peers and Mm -hmm. then we can tell our family jokes
2: too and you know like (laughs) can you believe what my kid just did so absolutely absolutely i i regularly plug into a small group through my church and over the past two uh semesters if you will or whatever i just felt like i needed to focus elsewhere and so i kind of let that go and I just realized over the last couple of months, like, wow, something's really missing. Like, what am I missing? What is it? Something just feels off. And I realized that I hadn't, I, I really missed that piece. And yeah, so I made a smothered. commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, but our kids need that. And it's it's so easy for us as homeschoolers to set these academic goals that make no space for mm. teens mm-hmm. to, to learn and have fun mm-hmm. together <clears throat> with good peers. Mm-hmm
0: now at the same
1: time listen i'm just gonna shine a
0: little light on the other side of the issue um okay i won't even put it on my kids i'll say in my own life i have peer relationships that are very enriching to me that stretch me that make me a better person and i have peer relationships that are a drain on my resources Mm -hmm. and our teens do too yes so um i think that while it is a risky conversation to have emotionally and it needs to be done at a time when nobody is hungry or angry or lonely or tired (laughs) (laughs) um it's a good conversation to have with your teens where you help them just look at okay let's be real among your people that you spend time with these folks on this list they're the ones who help fill your tank and these couple over here keeping it real are draining your tank so be be vigilant about about where you're spending your time and is it is it sucking life and resources out of you or is it filling you back up because sometimes you can um you as a teen you can get drawn into teen drama that is Mm. hugely sapping
2: Mm. and if that
0: all happens at the time that you're supposed to be preparing for the SATs or you're (laughs) finishing um reading a really challenging book for your lit class or you're working on a research paper you don't have the resources for one o'clock in the morning FaceTime with a bunch of teen drama with one of your friends who is not someone who fills
1: your tank back up and you need to learn to help set healthy boundaries with so beers. lean yeah leaning into that is there are times especially because our world is so digital mm. that a teen friend who is going through a very tough time and maybe having you know harmful, you mm-hmm. know, like thoughts. thoughts, yeah, will put all of those concerns onto one other teen friend. Mm. And that friend feels like because they have such little life experience, that it is their sole responsibility to keep that kid okay and fix it and and as we know hopefully as adults is one person especially from a Mm -hmm. distance cannot keep another kid okay Mm -hmm. and so we we have to have a set of skills for bringing that problem lying to somebody who can help mm-hmm. so one of the things that we have in our psychology curriculum at seven sisters homeschool.com the last chapter is mm-hmm. how to help a friend in trouble mm-hmm. and that is part of that is knowing what resources are and passing that on to people who can actually
2: help the kid who's in trouble mm-hmm. on a on a lighter side but still on that um, draining side or whatever something that I've also Um, had a lot of experience with in my own life, Um, and yes, I'm still working on it, um, is the whole boundary thing, and sort of identifying, is this a truly a friendship, like Sabrina, you were describing, where my relationship with this person really fills the bucket, or there's times when I'm filling them, and there's times when they're filling me, and the friendship should be a give and take, Um, but then if, if this is someone who is always you know, sucking energy. John Gordon calls them energy vampires. You know, if, if this person is somebody who just is, is sucking the life out of you, you may choose that this is not a healthy relationship to continue in. And sometimes as parents, so we can't make that decision maybe for our older children, depending on how much it's, uh, you know, how harmful it is. You know, if it is the, oh. the drug dealer on the corner, we may make, you know, make an executive decision, yeah. even if they are 17 or whatever. Um, But but the idea that we will just um, help them some some by showing them our own choices in our lives, but also help them to say, okay, so maybe maybe I I still want to have a relationship with this person, but maybe I need to reframe it and think of it as mostly um, this is someone who's going through a hard time who I'm going to minister to, um, Mm -hmm. but who I'm not going to have this expectation of this person you know being one of the people that fills me so um so i'm going to help them because i feel like i'm in a position that i can i feel like god's calling me to or whatever Uh, but again it's not my sole job to be the only person who's helping them yeah so is it a friendship or a rescue ship yeah yeah, i definitely (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't want the rescue ship it's okay for it to be you know hey i'll help you out a little bit here and there and support you but but yeah keeping it healthy keeping it real Mm -hmm.
0: good All right, so as we wrap this up, we're talking about passing the baton, and we and our teens need to take a realistic look at their personalities, at the nature of our parent-child relationship, at the nature of their peer relationships, and we need to have permission for them to fail. And yeah, we wanna choose those arenas for failure wisely, but um, that resiliency that they will learn from from a a learning experience that does not perhaps go as they expected it would. There we go. We'll call it that instead of failure, right? Uh, these are all things that make it possible for our teens to take ownership of the end of high school and of their lives as they're getting ready to cross that line from childhood into adulthood. And a lot of it is really fun and exciting. Yes. And some of it is a little scary and overwhelming. So mom's just a word of encouragement. If you're feeling a little scared and overwhelmed, you're probably doing something right. Yes. Because if you keep everything super safe then what you're doing is you're keeping them five years old. You know, you're, you're mm-hmm. staying in that place where um, where mom is in charge of the universe and trying to, to keep it all safe. And actually, the, the best thing that you can be doing at this, at this end of the teens period, especially in a homeschool environment, is helping them get their own legs under them
1: for what lies ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, it, that makes me think that sometimes um, as we're passing the baton, it helps us moms to have a lot of really practical encouragement Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. one of our best friends for giving how to very practical tips is uh, melanie wilson over at the homeschool sanity podcast so talk about keeping it real it's like she every week there is a practical how-to and it's a real sanity saver oh yes big time She also, Melanie also has a real gift for
0: explaining organizational strategies and such. And some of our recent podcasts, we've talked about doing time audits with your teens and helping them, um, get an understanding of the planning that goes into going after a, a big goal. And, um, Melanie also has some, some really great stuff for organizing and goal setting and, and all that kind of life skill stuff. Yeah, life skills, So yeah, you bet. Yeah. So, you yeah, know. the Homeschool Sanity Show is also um, available on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, which is our little little hosty, sponsory thing, right? Yeah, what do you call it? Word. I forgot really the word. Said, Ultimate
2: Homeschool <laughs> Radio Network. Yep.
0: Oh, dear. So, we're going to call this one done. This was. Um, Hopefully something that was both practical and kind of global and, and a little bit of vision there. Because catching the vision for the end of homeschool high school is different from catching the vision for beginning homeschool high school. Mm-hmm. And we find a lot of people asking for help with getting started on homeschooling high school. And it doesn't occur to anyone to say, mm-hmm. so how do I end this well? Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, beginning with the end in mind Is very wise So we like to talk about both Beginning well and ending well And then all the stuff in between Well Yay. too.
1: <laughs> so for folks who have any questions Or mm-hmm. would like to continue the conversation Come visit us at our Facebook page mm-hmm. So the Homeschool High School Podcast Has a Facebook page And also 7sistershomeschool.com Has a Facebook page
2: And can you also find us on
1: iTunes? Indeed, you can. And if you find us on iTunes
2: and you give us
0: little stars or leave a review, then other people can find us on iTunes too, and we would love that. Mm -hmm. So help get it out there if you would be so kind. If we are encouraging you, we would like to encourage others who are also on the homeschool high school journey. So thank you for joining us today. This has been the Homeschool High School podcast from 7SistersHomeschool.com. Brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. We will see you next time. You bet.